It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's our mailbag show. What will the Vikings do with Harrison Smith now that Brian Flores is in town? That and more on the Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in, everyone. The Minnesota Football Party on a Wednesday, the mailbag edition, and that means Reggie Wilson is in the house, the Care 11 sports director and anchor. He's at Reggie Wilson TV on Twitter, along with Luke Inman, our daily sidekick at Luke underscore Spinman. What's up, Reggie? What's happening, fellas? Good to be on with you guys. Did you stay up late and watch your guy set the scoring record last night in the NBA? You know I did. You know I did. But, of course, in true current Lakers fashion, they lost. <laughs> I, I didn't stay. I didn't stick around for the end of the game. Um, but it sounds like people are upset at the coaching and the timeout management and basically the Lakers kind of floundering. Am I correct? Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean... It, so They're was it too much? Like right I heard now. they just took a big break in the game, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They took, to, a, they took a huge too much? break in the game. They Drake did a skit. Like it, it was like Saturday Night Live or something. Did Lebr- hey, is is this our opening talker? Did LeBron mail it in after setting the <laughs> scoring record? <laughs> he only had two points after that. 
Let's let's go let's go skip Bayless on it. No, just kidding. We never want to go skip. Bayless. Oh man, you never no. go full skip Bayless. No, no, half skip that. maybe, quarter skip possibly, never full skip. I am thinking about records though. I think that that's an interesting little topic because the scoring record in the NBA is coveted. The scoring record in hockey is coveted. Mm-hmm. Not really in baseball. You know, that's more about home runs. That's more about average. More about hits. Not really in football at all. And we were talking a little bit before the show. Something like the top 60, 65 scoring leaders in the NFL, kickers. Because quarterbacks don't get credit for the touchdowns they throw. And, you know, you have to be Chris Carter or Marshall Falk with a zillion touchdowns to even crack the top 100 on that list. So what is the most coveted record in football? Is it Super Bowl rings? Is it touchdowns? Is it rushing yards? Like, is it receiving yards? Like, what is the apex, I guess, of NFL records? Just spitballing here. What well, do you think? Didn't you sit down on the Ron Johnson show with Chris Carter not long ago, and you asked him, hey, Chris, mm-hmm. is this Jerry Rice record ever going to get broken? And with a straight face, didn't need much time to even think about it. He said, no. It's untouchable. You can't break it. You know, as much as teams love to pass it and air it out nowadays, it's still pretty wild to think about just what Jerry Rice did in the longevity. It's the years. It's not only playing at a high Pro Bowl level and putting up those stats, but the longevity he did it for is just amazing. I always think about the Brett Favre record, the amount of games he played consecutively. I think it's 296, 297 without looking. I always compared that to Cal Ripken. I love to ask people, what's more impressive? Because he got two completely different sports. Cal Ripken played longer, but obviously football is such a more brutal sport, wear and tear on your body. But the Cal Ripken record's crazy too, not to bring baseball into this discussion, but I like comparing those two. So those are kind of the two that jump out to me and stick out. Chris Carter laid it out like he spoke directly to me. He said, Sam, I'm going to give you a 15-year career. And I'm going to give you... And then he he had the math all, all added up. He's like, I'm going to give you eight 1,200-yard seasons and seven 1,500-yard seasons, and you're still going to be short of Jerry Rice's receiving record. And I'm going to give you 12 touchdowns a year, and you're still going to be short of my touchdown mark. Like, he had it all added up where you could literally be a pro bowler every single year, 1,000 yards, double-digit touchdowns, and you would still not break either of those records. Uh, Reggie, what comes to mind for you? Sort of the pinnacle of, of football records. You know what's tough? Um, and I think it's kind of similar with LeBron. LeBron has the longevity, you know, 20 years in. Mm-hmm. Jerry Rice played for like 76 years. And so <laughs> I think that's the yeah. part with that that really kind of makes that a tough record to beat because, like, you know, do you remember when Jerry Rice was a Seahawk? You remember that? You remember that? Vaguely. I try not to. A Denver Bronco? Like you <laughs> – Raiders some of these teams. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he's more prominent with the Raiders, but yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Like the dude played forever. Um, when I think about kind of records and things like that, I think you think of the GOAT, Tom Brady, seven rings. Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you yeah. like Pat Mahomes would have to average a Super Bowl, which he very well could, you know. He probably needs to win this one uh, coming up if he wants to try to try to catch Brady. 
but I think he needed to beat Brady in the one where they played. Like that, that was the way for him to catch up. Yeah, there's a two game so, swing. Yep, yep. And so I think that's tough because I, I would say most people would say if if Brady is the goat, like Mahomes is on his way there. But look at all these other quarterbacks, these great quarterbacks: Drew Brees, one; Aaron Rodgers, one; Big Ben, two. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers, none. Like, yeah, Marino. All, yeah, Marino, one of the best ever. None. And so, seven. <laughs> Just to even get one is an accomplishment for some. You know, Joe Flacco has one, but mm-hmm. you got, you're trying to get seven. And so, I think that's the part where you're like, yeah, I don't know if anybody is ever touching that. It's just, the the fact that Brady's career could be broken down into like three different periods is astounding to me. And there was a stretch where he didn't go to the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden in the back end of his career went back to multiple Super Bowls. And so that type of longevity and taking teams to the Super Bowl, I know, you know, the Chiefs went to five straight AFC championship games. One Super Bowl win to show for it could be two mm-hmm. by this weekend, but mm-hmm. that's one to me that I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we're because breaking it means you'd have to get eight. Mm. Do you see anybody getting eight Super Bowls? <sighs> right, no, Re- Longe- longevity is everything. Yeah, yeah, longevity is the key here for a lot of these. Right, like anybody can put together a couple magical seasons that are off the charts, but to do it consecutively or six out of seven years. Just on that point, I remember the McNabb To era, right, early two mm-hmm. thousands. Didn't they go to like four or five straight NFC championships? I don't think McNabb or To ever won one. Correct. I think we were just talking about that. They, and- they made one Super Bowl and lost. To the, the Patriots. Uh, against the Patriots, lost. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Related to what Reggie said with Brady, that's the pinnacle for sure, seven Super Bowls. I had to pull up a little list here. Otto Graham went to 10 championships, and now we're going way back, right? But he yeah. went to 10 championships in 10 straight seasons, which is unbelievable. They didn't win it every time. I think he won it four out of those 10 years. Here's a record that I think nobody wants, obviously, but it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 76-77, 26 straight losses. Now, in today's game, I think you guys can agree, there's so much parity. I mean, every year we see teams go from worst to first and with like one good offseason, one good draft like the Seahawks had. Any team can go kind of from the bottom of the standings to the top. I don't see anybody losing 26 straight anytime soon. So I think that, unfortunately for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad in 76-77, I think that one stands for a long time as well. Yeah, the Browns lost 17 in a row because they mm-hmm. were winless, right? In 2017, mm-hmm. they didn't win a game. And I think they lost one game the next season. Um, so it ended up, it could have gone on longer because um, that wasn't a good team the next year. But that that was maybe the best chance to match that record, Luke. And, and you're right. Um, teams, they can, they can shuffle the deck so easily now. Like a lot of bad teams have a lot of cap space. They can spend money, bring in more talent. And then they won't have those long sustained stretches of losing like i i think of vikings wise i think of some vikings that you know had a chance to maybe flirt with some records and i think of daniel hunter and this is the the great example of longevity daniel hunter for the first five years of his career he was always on pace to be one of the great sack artists of all time because it was like oh the youngest ever to 10 sacks the youngest ever to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 
And then he got hurt two years in a row. And it set him back to the point where now you're like, well, maybe he gets 100, maybe, but there's no guarantee at all. Um, you need to play so long and have, and in the sport of football, which is so violent and physical, you have to avoid injury. Like Bruce mm-hmm. Smith with 200 sacks. 200. That's another almost untouchable one. 200. 200. That's insane. He needs Shoot. to have a couple Derek Thomas games. He's got the record for most sacks in a game. Do you guys have any idea what it is? Most sacks in one game. Derek Thomas. Like five? five, seven. Good no. Lord. <laughs> seven against John that, Elway that, and the Denver That tackle Broncos. probably had a bad PFF grade. Uh, right. Yeah, probably. You know what? You know, On the flip side, what's one of these crazy records that you could see maybe being broke in the next decade or so? Uh, mm-hmm. Willie Anderson for the Rams. He's all-time record for most receiving yards in a game with 336. Calvin mm-hmm. came close. Megatron came close. It was probably a decade ago. I remember it was against the Cowboys. He had like 325. But in just today's pass-happy league and so many superstars at the position and teams and offenses that are willing to actually force feed a guy like Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase, whoever it may be. I could see that wouldn't shock me. It'd still be an incredible feat, but that wouldn't shock me if that was broke in the next decade or so. The the receiving records seem vulnerable. Like even as lofty as Jerry Rice's record is, with an 18 game season seemingly on the horizon, you got two more like think about it. 12-year career well that'll change the game yeah 25 extra games in your career you know that that's going to help a lot but just with the the way that passing is going Reggie it seems like those records could be could be reached and but the rushing records on the flip side like the 296 Adrian Peterson single game record the the uh, Emmett Smith all-time rushing yards that feels a little more untouchable now yeah yeah, it's kind of tough to to think about that, especially when you look at the league and how people are just kind of going away from the star running backs. I text one of my friends last week and I say, you know, other than like Derrick Henry, like mm-hmm. what other active running back would you say is like a lock for the Hall of Fame? And it's it's kind of yeah. tough to think about. It's it's kind of tough to think about. And and you think about guys like Adrian Peterson, what he did in his mm-hmm. prime. You aren't seeing guys really do that anymore, other than like a Derrick Henry. And so I'm like, eh, I, I don't I don't really know. Like these records, especially the running back records, do seem just because like running backs just aren't getting the volume that they are. Like you look at the Super Bowl. Right. You got Sanders and Gainwell against Pacheco and Jet. And mm-hmm. I guess they just activated Clyde, too. So it could be like a three-headed monster at running back. And so, you know, you look at Zeke looked like he was a generational running back. Ty Gurley. Those guys just kind of, you know, Gurley fizzled all the way out of the league. And Zeke, Tony Pollard is kind of like the bee's knees in that backfield now, if he stays, and I know he had the injury now too, but that's the tough part about this whole thing. You were talking about the the sack artists. Mm. The closest right now to even trying to do something right now active mm-hmm. is Von Miller. He's 19 with 123 and a half. Just tore his ACL. How much longer is he going to mm-hmm. play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so thinking about getting to that 200, that's tough. And then with the receiving, though, I'm with you guys. Like, 
there were games where we've seen Justin Jefferson go off for almost 200 yards in the first half alone. You're like, oh, man, like this dude is about to go off for like 500 yards. And then the second half, things quiet down and, you know, he finishes with what he finishes with. But you would think that if consistently the Vikings are able to get Justin Jefferson involved, and there's not these like lulls where like the third quarter he only has one target or something like that. Like maybe he could possibly get that record that Luke was talking about. But these things are just hard to do, man. And availability is the biggest mm-hmm. factor there. Just while we're on the subject, crazy records. This is a Vikings podcast. You got to bring up <laughs> Paul Krause. 81 career interceptions. Nobody's really close. Rod Woodson, 71, I guess. Charles Woodson had 58, but that one's pretty wild too. Now, again, kind of goes into the same pool and category. Like if teams are going to keep passing the ball as much as they are and, and not running the ball like we were used to in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and so on, maybe somebody will get up there. That means, again, more chances for interceptions. But 81, as of now, today, even with the way the game is played, is pretty wild, pretty ridiculous. Wouldn't you love to see just sort of the breakdown of interceptions, like Mm league-wide, interceptions per pass attempt, Mm. or pass attempts per interception, that's what I wanted to say. Because it seems like they're throwing it, obviously, way, way, way more now. But Mm -hmm. quarterback play is so much better. Like, if you look at at quarterback stats from the 80s, it was like, this quarterback had a great season. 20 touchdowns and 13 interceptions like that was con- <laughs> that was considered to be like oh he's in the pro bowl for sure uh quarterback play was just worse and now you don't see quarterbacks that if you throw 15 picks you're probably like people are mad at you people are mm-hmm. upset with the way you played that year totally um, no so, totally one more uh, one more just yeah. crazy off the wall san francisco 49ers from 88 to 90 18 consecutive road wins you know how hard it is to wow. win on the road. That's as tough. It is. That's tough. 18 in a row through three seasons. Unbelievable. That's incredible. I don't know if anybody's going to beat that one for a long time. Yeah, that's that's super nuts. Um, because you, you not only have to have a great team, unbelievable team, for one year to do it, but you're going to have to do it. Well, I guess, Sam, you bring up a great point, and then we'll move on here. But you know, now that we've added an extra game, do you start to put an asterisk by some of these stats here now when guys are breaking these? And like you said, maybe in the not-so-distant future, maybe we'll get a second extra game now, too. Uh, how do you start viewing some of these records that are obviously going to be broken, at least from a, a single-season standpoint? Yeah, and I th- I don't think they're going to clarify it. Like I think they're just going to be what they are. I don't think yeah. there's going to be a lot of asterisking mm-hmm. because it just gets too complex. But I appreciate it. I always appreciate Justin Jefferson. Because whenever he talks about his own accomplishments, he always acknowledges, well, that guy did it in 16 games. Love like that. He's, he was always quick to point out that I had the extra game, and I appreciate that. He's just got a good, a good view of things um, you know, holistically. Uh, I want to talk about Harrison Smith's role under Brian, Brian Flores, but before I do that, how about a word from FanDuel? the official sportsbook partner of Locked On and the NFL. You can bet on Super Bowl 57 with the no-sweat first bet. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. And the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So head on over to FanDuel, fanduel.com slash locked on. Claim the no-sweat first bet. 
on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more, fellas. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. Question from Nick Miller. Let's say we agree Flores has a scheme that's better for Harrison Smith. Should we consider moving on anyway? Smith has maybe one or two years left, and we have three safeties behind him in Scene, Bynum, and Metellus, who need space to develop and decide if they are long-term options. Uh, Reggie, you want the first crack at this question? You got it. So... I don't know what to think. This this past year was a pretty good year for Harrison Smith. Um, it, I feel like people have been ready to try to like write him off for years, and he just keeps going out there and balling out. And he's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, like this is what I do. What I do. You know, the games that he's missed in the past two seasons, like his presence was felt, and you're like, dang, like this dude is still that much of an impact player. You know, at his age, you know, Leah once saying age ain't nothing but a number. And I was reminded of that yesterday uh, with the U.S. women's national team in town, Diana Taurasi. She says she walked into the complex for practice and people were looking at her like, girl, what are you doing here? She'll be 42 when they play in the Olympics next year. And so she wants to play. And I think as long as Harrison has the ability and is able to do it, I think he should he should play like we always talk about like Bill Belichick, him cutting bait with guys that, you know, they might have peaked and he cuts bait with them like right before. You know, you talk about some of the guys that he's let go, like um, Chandler Jones, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl after that. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> but I think. People have been ready for the Vikings to maybe try to move on. I think they draft Lewis Seen last year, and maybe you look at him like the the heir apparent to a guy like Harrison Smith. But then, you know, he breaks his leg, and he, you know, in the games that he did play, he really wasn't much of an impact out there. And so you really don't know what you're getting from him yet. You know, we've seen things from Bynum, flashes, Metellus as well, flashes. And so I think as long as Harry is productive, you you try to continue to move forward with him. And I think, you know, there's a way that Flores can try to – he's super aggressive. Maybe we see a lot more blitzing from the safety position where Harrison's coming at the quarterback and things like that. But I guess before anything happens, I think you kind of have to figure out the financials of that whole thing. Yeah, I think at this point in the offseason and just like given where we sit here today – I'm a guy who's all for just throwing everything on the table and having some legitimate discussions about all your options. Like, I think you're doing yourself a disservice from a team building standpoint. If you're not having these conversations, you know, how do we get better? Let's look at every avenue. And while, you know, I do agree, it's going to be really tough to pay guys like Harry and Thielen 20 million next year, if not almost impossible. 
I just think you got to be really careful about getting too cut crazy, if you will, and chopping everyone off the block to the point where all of a sudden you look around and you get to like, let's say you get to OTAs, right? First week OTAs and, and you look around and Brian Flores is looking at his depth chart. He's going, Troy Dye starting at linebacker and uh, Kate. <laughs> Kalen Barnes at nickel cornerback. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying that would happen, but you know, like we've talked about cutting a lot of players already three, four weeks into the offseason now on a lot of these shows. And it seems like everyone is on the chopping block right now. When I listen to a lot of fan feedback and people who listen to the show, Kendricks, Zadarius, Chandon Sullivan, Harry, Pat P. Well, you still need some good football players at the end of the day. So you got to be careful. How much worse did we just get because we tried to save ourselves some money? How much are we willing to significantly downgrade at a position to save five, six, seven million? And I just think you still need some of those playmakers around. You still need some of those veteran leaders, even if it sounds like a cliche. Harrison Smith, I think, when used properly, is still one of the better safeties in the entire league. And yeah, he's lost a step for sure, athletically. That's a given, though. But what you're getting in this captain with the football IQ that brings the toughness, not to mention the versatility to being a center fielder or being a box safety, it's just too much for me to say, well, we need to save the money. We need that extra six, seven mil. And I also think as far as being a two, three-year turnaround, like some people are talking about too, like how long is this going to take for Brian Flores? He's got a great track record of turning around his defenses pretty quickly. And we saw it too with Mike Zimmer. He took over in 2014. Dead last to just like middle of the pack. That's all people want. That's all we're clamoring for here. So I think when you go all the way to the top, I think about the Wilfs down to Quasi and KOC. I think they all think this is a win-now team, and their window is not only now, but it's closing, too, as Kirk gets older. So especially now that we got Flores, I think the last thing I want to see is Harry not on the field next year because I think Flores, I'm actually excited. I think he could do some exceptional things with him and Lewis Seen as guys you can just put around the line of scrimmage and be disruptive. You still got Cam Bynum who can play the deep safety over the top. So I think you got to find a way to keep Harrison Smith after a restructure, probably can't realistically pay him 19, 20 million. And I think he probably too, just looking at through his lens, I think he probably wants to find a way to make that work and finish his career here in purple. You know, Adam Thielen, maybe on the other hand of the two guys, maybe seems a little bit more plausible to let go if you have to save some money somewhere. The, those two contractually are in very similar boats. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both owed about 20, 19 to 20, which is a ton of money. But Thielen's got 13.5 dead. Harrison Smith has 11.7 dead. So in either of those cases, do you want to spend 11.7 million to not have Harrison Smith right. to save 7.4? Maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you desperately need those 7.4. But there was nothing to me last year that suggested Harrison Smith was in steep decline. Um, they didn't ask him to do anything. I mean, he just he hung back there and he made interceptions when they came his way. I, I, I don't feel like he declined. I think he was just poorly utilized. They never had him blitz. They never had him in the box. And if Brian Flores comes in, and I think Nick makes the good point in his question, this is a better fit for Harrison Smith. This is where he thrives. This is where he causes chaos when he's up at the line of scrimmage and running around in circles, confusing the quarterback. Oh, is he blitzing? No, he's dropping back in coverage. Oh, crap. That's where Harrison Smith actually has real intangible value. Um, so I, 
I tend to think he's got more in the tank, maybe even than Thielen. And I just, you, you hope that they play ball a little bit because you probably can't pay him both the 1920. Um, but could you get that contract down to around the dead cap number 11 or 12? That to me would be, I mean, a lot more team friendly and it certainly puts money in the player's pocket as well. I, uh, I think that there's a way to make it work and I would like to make it work because of sort of the veterans that are on the block, Harrison Smith is someone that I would like to keep around for what he represents and for, I think, his his remaining talent. I don't think he's washed up uh, whatsoever. Um, any Five interceptions. Thoughts? Yeah. Five interceptions in 14 games last year. I mean, mm. it's getting it freaking done, man. And how far off is he from Paul Krause? Like 45? <laughs> Speaking of Paul Krause's record, that's – and. Harrison's been consistently a, oh. a big interception guy. Yeah, three right? minimum every year, if not four, yeah. five, six. I mean, pretty consistent, like you said. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, next, we're going to rank the Minnesota Vikings' first-round draft wants. Luke Inman put this out on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota community page on YouTube. We're going to rank them ourselves after I tell you about Built Bar. Um a great way to revolutionize your nutrition, uh, your diet. They fuel you. You can get them to get them on the go, bring them with you in the car, munch on them. You get 17 grams of protein when you eat built bars and you get great flavor. You get 100% real chocolate. Just munch on a peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, or a churro built bar. Um, and if you want, you can go grab a built bar, get in the car. Drive to Walmart or Sam's Club and get more Built Bars because they're available now in the pharmacy section at those two stores. Get a four-bar box, a 13-bar box, and load up on Built Bars today. Get some amazing macros, so it's great for your health, a great supplement to whatever you're eating. Uh, check them out, Built Bar, Sam's Club or Walmart or Built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Uh, Luke, you do a great job in the community page on YouTube every day. You've got a new poll question. I wanted to, to tackle this one because we've got 1.2 thousand votes. Uh, that's a fancy way of saying 1200. <laughs> <laughs> the, the question is which position should the Vikings select first in the upcoming draft? Your options were defensive line, cornerback, quarterback, and offensive line. Uh, pretty overwhelming. People are saying 49% go with cornerback, 27% out defensive line, 14% offensive line, 10% quarterback. Um, so of those four options, do you guys agree with the poll or would you go in a different direction? Uh, Reggie, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's funny because uh, last year going into the draft, most people were thinking cornerback would be, you know, the top priority and it was with booth they were able to get what many thought was kind of like a steal in the second round to get booth and so but going into this year i think the the needs are kind of the same like i would rank cornerback one offensive line two 
Um, I think QB and defensive linemen are two toss-ups because I think it just kind of warrants to wait to see like what they do with the Neil and what they do with Z and then, you know, also what they do with Kirk. And so, yeah, you want to take a quarterback for the future, obviously, uh, because, you know, Kirk is not going to play forever, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe you do QB three D line four. So you don't so Reggie, you don't think D line is too pressing of a need at this point, and and it obviously depends on your moves that you make with with some of your veterans. Um, is that is that kind of where your head's at? Yeah, I I think they you know if they are able to keep the guys that they have somehow. Mm-hmm. I like the I mean, how many times? During the week, did we talk about Dalvin Tomlinson just like wreaking havoc or Harrison yeah. Phillips just wreaking havoc and how much of an impact those guys are? Then you talk about the the two edge guys that are pro bowlers in Daniil and Zadarius, and you're doing pretty good. I like, you know, the development, the continual development of a guy like Patrick Jones. And, you know, the, these guys are are – are top notch. So I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. that. I mean, maybe you, you take some guys to try to get some depth and some guys to develop into maybe the, you know, the next Daniil or whoever, but they seem pretty set. If they can make this like financially work, I think everything continues to hinge on financials because they are in yeah. such a tight situation. But I mean, if, if there's a reason why they can't keep some of these guys that they have that, were impact makers um maybe you do put defensive linemen higher in the priority list so luke as the resident draft expert to me it seems like the voters have kind of ordered this correctly in terms of richness of talent late in the first round like corner cornerback would probably be one defensive line two offensive line three quarterback four if you're ranking like which position is going to be available to you with quality players is that correct no I think they hit it right on the head I think you're right I think the first thing you want to do you take a step back every year you look at the draft class and you say what's the strengths and what's the weaknesses of each class on its own where can I get the value in later rounds or in this case the Vikings are sitting near the bottom of round one who's maybe in a different draft or let's say last year would have went in the top 15 that maybe will fall to me at pick 23 or 24 because it is such a deep class cornerback certainly is one of those positions now there's two ways of thinking about it though it's not just deep at the top right there's not just six or seven first round graded cornerbacks. It's also deep in the middle rounds as well. So do I want to wait on that position, even though it is a need, but knowing that maybe in round three or four, I can get a second round graded corner in any other draft and feel like I'm getting really good value. And then obviously use that first round pick on another position of need, maybe like a quarterback. And speaking of quarterbacks, this is going to be a year where there's going to be a guy like Hendon Hooker likely sitting there ready for the taking at pick 23 or 24. I keep saying 23 or 24 because technically it's 24, just to clarify this. Somebody got their first round pick taken away. Dolphins. Is this for the um, yeah. the Was it- ownership, the tanking? Okay, so yeah. really, I mean, technically it is 24 and that's what they'll call it, but really... 
they have the 23rd pick. So I just want to clarify that because I've been going back and forth on that a lot. But there's going to be a guy like Hendon Hooker here, Sam, who's likely going to be sitting there because he's 25 years old, for example. Yeah, it's pretty old for a first-round quarterback. In fact, no quarterback 25 years or older has ever been drafted in the first round. He's also coming off an ACL tear. But when you just Wheat- look at him, just grade it out, he is a first-round quarterback on film. So do I feel like I'm getting good value there? Because especially quarterback, we know it's such a quarterback-driven league, and there's a blueprint out there that, hey, if you can hit on a young quarterback and pay him rookie money for four or five years and build an all-star super team around him, that's the best way to do it. That's the plan A for most teams. Still got to hit on the guy, but you got to take shots and take some swings on some of these young quarterbacks. So normally Hendon Hooker would probably go in the top 10, top 12 because it's such a valuable premium position. This year, you're probably going to see three quarterbacks. They could go one, two, three. If not, all three will likely be taking the top five or six. So it tells you, you just don't get this option of sitting there and waiting all the way into the bottom of round one for a top-tier quarterback. Maybe quarterback is something that I don't think a lot of fans are thinking about because of Kirk Cousins, and obviously he's coming off a lot of solid, successful seasons. We love what he did with Kevin O'Connell in year one. Can't wait to see what year two looks like, but he's also getting older. And you know these quarterback contracts now, too, guys, are just getting wild. Uh, I mean, they're pretty insane. And I get it. It's just the going rate. Like, you just got to pay these quarterbacks 30 minimum, if not 40 or 50 for a superstar. So that's just the normal going rate. But it's a lot of money for an aging quarterback. And I think, again, mm-hmm. the blueprint out there is maybe you want to keep trying to take some swings on quarterbacks in the draft and try to hit on one. Hendon Hooker might be a realistic option for the Vikings that maybe we're not talking about. Yeah, interesting. Um, and I like at like you said earlier, Luke, everything should be on the table. Right. Like these conversations should be had for sure. Maybe they don't follow through, but everything should be discussed. Uh final minute, late question from Joshua. Let's take 30 seconds on it. Which player do you think will benefit mostly from the Flores hire? Might be the guy we just talked about, Harrison Smith. Reggie, knee-jerk reaction on that player who benefits most. Yeah, I do think it's Harrison Smith, and it's for the reasons why, you know, we talked about earlier with especially you too, uh, Sam, moving Harry around. I think a lot of people were upset with how vanilla the scheme was under Donatel. And we we knew that was the scheme that Kevin O'Connell wanted to run, but, you know, out of that Vic Fangio you know, scheme and all that, like it was as base as you could probably get with <laughs> how he ran the the system. And so I think what you want to see is just some complexity. It's some like, let's confuse the offense some, you know, like when we talked about the the AFC championship, they called Lou Anarumo a mad scientist. There's been a while. It's been a while since we've thought of whoever is coordinating the defense in Minnesota as a, a mad scientist, you know, someone who was disrupting things. I think Mike Zimmer at his peak was having his defenses kind of do that. And so now you're looking at a guy who's known as being one of the most aggressive blitz happy people on the defensive side of the ball. And Harry is a big part of that. And I think, you know, moving him around, I think him getting the five interceptions, even with just, the the defense not necessarily hitting how it should this past season was incredible. I, I wonder how many more he could get 
with the complexity that Flores is going to bring on that defensive side of the ball. Luke, you yeah, go with Harry or anyone else? Same kind of mindset here from Harry. I'm going to Neil Hunter. I, I think he got caught up in the 3-4 switch a little bit, and, and that's a big transition for anybody. But I just think Flores is going to come in and let Daniel Hunter do what he does best, and that's rush the passer and get into the backfield more plays than not. Maybe he'll still drop back here or there for sure just to keep offenses you know, in check and honest and put that on film. But I think Daniel Hunter is going to be a guy who's maximized to his strengths by Brian Flores and I also think about in the front seven, Brian Asamoa and just knowing these exotic mm-hmm. blitz and different looks and, and mugging the A-gap and just sending a lot of pressure. Brian Asamoa was built for that coming out of Oklahoma with the speed and the ability to just disrupt the quarterback and get into the backfield. And we didn't really see that last year. We saw flashes. We saw spurts of it. But he was, you know, the one rookie that was kind of logjam behind two legitimate starters in Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. Brian Asamoa could be unleashed this year. We're going to see that speed on display. And I know Brian Flores is going to love to tap into something like that. Yeah, uh, let's not forget, like all these young defensive players that are coming back from injury didn't really get a chance to to develop for better or for worse under Donatel. So see what Flores can do with these young guys. Seen, Booth, Akela Bevins, um, I think they're in Asamoah too, who is healthy most of the year. A lot of those guys, I think, still have a, quite a bit of upside. Uh, that's the Mailbag Show. Thanks, guys. That's Reggie Wilson. That's Luke Inman. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Let us know. Who you think is going to thrive under Brian Flores? Comment in the comment section below. And again, hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Luke Braun and Arif Hassan. Until then, that's Luke. That's Reggie. I'm Sam on the Minnesota Football Party. Be blessed. Spread love this week. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.